You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Root Lock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston, I live in New York City, and I'm your host. Rootlock Radio is designed to be a course in tarot, so you may want to start at the beginning with episode 1. In today's episode, I will demonstrate how to conduct a tarot reading based on a real question sent in by a Rootlock Radio listener. I will show how envisioning the shape of an hourglass will help you to structure your tarot reading and offer a step-by-step demonstration of how I go from laying the cards on the table to having a coherent takeaway message to offer my client. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Root Lock Radio. In school, when you were learning how to write a five-paragraph essay, being told that your essay should structurally resemble a hourglass, in that it should start out broad, get more narrow and specific, and then become broad again. Well, this is the same concept I use to explain how a tarot reading should go structurally. Once your client has given you their question and you've gone through your routine and ritual of drawing the cards, you want to start out first by giving them a broad impression of what you see in the cards. And then you want to go narrow and perform a specific analysis of each card. And then you want to go broad again and give an overall takeaway, something that they can leave the reading with as the main message that the reading has given them. So in today's episode, I am going to perform a demonstration reading, and I'm going to employ all of the knowledge that we have covered so far in the previous episodes to show how it can be drawn on when performing a reading. So in order to do this demonstration, I need a question. And I received a listener question from Emma in Brooklyn, and here is what she had to say. Hey Weston, here is my dilemma. I feel myself being pulled in two directions in my career. One is pulling me towards comedy, my first dream, and the other is becoming this healer slash business owner. I can see myself being both, but I don't want to slow myself down by not choosing to focus on one. So Emma, thank you so much for sending in your question, and I'd like to remind everyone else real quick that Rootlock Radio is looking for listener questions, so please use the phone number listed in the show notes to text or call in your question, or you can email me at rootlocktarot at gmail.com. In future episodes, I will be addressing listener questions. So going back to Emma's question, this is a pretty classic tarot question. She's at a turning point in her career, and she's trying to choose between two options, one she feels more passionate about, and one it sounds like feels like a more practical option in some ways. 
So what I'm going to do is use one of my favorite tarot spreads. And this is a spread that I discovered and then modified. And it's called the Rose Spread. It consists of five cards. And the positions of the cards are the root, the thorn, the stem, the bud, and the blossom. Now, I will get into what each of those particular positions represents when I go through each card specifically, but you can kind of get an idea uh, metaphorically of what each of those card positions would be. So what I have drawn in Emma's tarot reading is for the root position I drew the devil, for the thorn I drew the ace of pentacles reversed, for the stem I drew the knight of pentacles reversed, for the bud I drew the eight of pentacles, and for the blossom, I drew the nine of pentacles. So going back to this idea of structuring a reading like an hourglass, the first thing we want to do is just look at all of the cards and not zoom into any of them in particular at once, but kind of use a wide angle lens to look at all the cards and just see what stands out to us. If there's anything prominent in the spread or anything clearly lacking and just giving our overall impressions. Now one way that we can think about this is the idea of over or under representation. So what this means is that statistically speaking, just completely by chance, if you were to draw a five card tarot spread there are certain probabilities that certain types of cards will come up in that reading. So because the major cards are 22 out of 78 of the cards, generally speaking, you would expect to see about one-third of the cards to be major cards, and about two-thirds to be minor. Because the court cards consist of 16 out of 78 of the cards, you'd expect about one in five cards to be court cards, just statistically speaking. And then with reversals, you have a 50-50 chance. So you'd expect about half of the cards to be reversed. Now, of course, statistics seem really unmystical, but the reason that I bring this up is because it gives us a base point to understand if we have more or less than we're expecting of something, and that can give us a message. So for instance, in this spread, one out of five of the cards is a major card. And so though major cards aren't absent from this reading, they're slightly underrepresented. And so we don't see a significant presence of major cards, which is worth noting. And so what this says to us is that this, this spread that we've drawn for Emma is primarily made up of minor cards. And what that means is that this spread is more having to do with the day-to-day -day than to do with these major sweeping themes that the major cards seem to bring up. So we'll want to note that and maybe say that to our client. We only have one court card, so that's not abnormal. That's actually statistically accurate, so we can note that, but we don't really need to focus on that. But if we had a strong presence of court cards, say if we had two or three or four of them in this particular spread, that would be pretty prominent. And we would know that this particular spread had a lot to do with personalities, and that personalities were playing a major role in this particular situation. 
we notice that two out of five of the cards are reversed. So that's a little bit less than average. And because more than half of the cards are upright, this says to us that the energy is flowing, right? Because reversals tend to represent a clogging of energy flow. And so what we can say to our client is that in this situation, energy is flowing, they have access to flow, and clogging of energy is not something that they're going to have a huge problem with. Generally, when we see a lot of reversals, we'll want to tell our client, you know, you're stuck somehow. There's, there's something beyond your control that is keeping you stuck. The energy current around you is not moving and flowing in a way that makes it easy for you to move forward. So a good way to think about upright and reverse cards when you're looking at a reading in this way is to think of the metaphor of someone being on a journey on a river. So if most of the cards are upright, the river is flowing swiftly. And if most of the cards are reversed, the river is not flowing or is flowing very slowly. So it's not that the person themselves have something in their character that makes them stuck, but rather that the conditions in which they're working are not flowing very well. And so this is something someone can note is this external presence of a flow or a lack of flow and how that is affecting their position in that situation. So those are the statistical probabilities. Now the other thing that we want to notice, and this is a very important in this particular spread, is the distribution of minor cards across the suits. So four out of five of these cards are minor, including the one court card, but all four of them are pentacles. And this is really noteworthy, right? Because statistically, we would expect to have one of each of the suits represented. But here we have all four of these minor cards in the same suit. So what we would want to say to our client is that this reading is indicating a lot having to do with the pentacle suit and the earth energy, which is all about stability, work, this long-term vision, and things like money, and notably, it's not as concerned with something like passion, which is something that we sort of saw come up in the question is, do I pursue my passion in comedy, or do I pursue this other thing that seems more practical for me? So we'd want to check in with our client about that and say, you know, that what's really coming up in this spread is a concern over stability rather than a concern over moving into one's passion. A couple other things you can note are if you see any prominent numbers, right? So sometimes you'll see the same number repeated in multiple cards in the spread, and you'll want to think back to what that number means. What is the keyword for that number? What major arcana card corresponds with that number? That's another source of information. So for instance, and this is not true of this spread, but say you drew several fours. You would want to say to yourself and maybe to your client that there's a lot of concern with structure in this particular spread. And it also reminds you a bit of that emperor energy, right? Because he corresponds with the number four. So this would be another source of information. Now in this particular spread, what we, we don't have a prominence of a particular number, but we do have a sequence of numbers. We have the eight and the nine of pentacles. So what this tells us is we want to zoom in a little bit on that particular segment of the narrative, right? Because the major arcana cards represent one large narrative, 
And then each of the minor suits also represent a narrative of the energy of that suit developing. And so what this is telling us is that we want to look at that eight, nine pentacle narrative and understand what's happening there. And we'll get into that more as we look at the spread itself. Some other things we can look for are prominent symbols. If you see a symbol repeated, like water or flowers or animals, those are things that you can kind of take note of as well. And colors, too. So in this particular spread, we see a lot of yellow, which is no surprise since we have so many pentacles. And we know that yellow is a color of happiness. But it's not the same as the happiness that you get with a blue sky, which is more sort of this open joy. The happiness that comes from yellow is more the happiness that you make yourself through creating stability. So the blue sky happiness is more externally created, and the yellow happiness tends to be more internally created. At least that's my reading of it. So after going through the cards and sort of just scanning them for prominent themes, you probably have some ideas about what the spread is going to be saying to you. So what we've noticed here is that we have a huge focus on the pentacle suit. So we're looking really at the day-to-day -day life having to do with the earth energy, which is work and stability and money, and that long-term vision. We also notice that only two of the cards are reversed, so this person has access to energy flow. That's not such a problem here. And so we're going to want to give our client just the overall impression that we have of the spread. And check in with them. Ask them, hey, what do you think about this? Does it surprise you? Does it seem completely spot on? Does it upset you? Just try to get an idea of how the client responds to this initial information, because that might prompt them to tell you more, which would be, an, again, more source of information about how to read the cards. So what you're kind of doing here is two things. One is getting an idea of what the cards are trying to say just by an overall impression, and two, trying to get more information from your client to help you when you're looking at each of the five cards more closely. So that's the next thing we're gonna do. In our hourglass, we're gonna move into the center part where things are more specific and more narrow. So the way that you do this is you take your understanding of what each card could mean, and you should at this point have an idea of what each card means, but if you don't, you know, you can have notes or a book or something to refer to, that's okay. But ideally you want to have an idea in your mind of what each card means. But you also want to be open to it meaning something else in this particular reading. And then you also want to have an idea of what the placement of the card is. So what each position in the spread means. So in this spread we have the root, the thorn, the stem, the bud, the blossom. In each of those five positions bring their own special energy to the card that lays there. So just as we found the meaning of the minor cards by intersecting the energy of the suit with the energy of the number, we find the meaning of a card in a spread by intersecting the meaning of the card 
with the meaning of its position. And so each card can take on different meanings based on the way that it blends with that position. And this right here is truly the skill of a tarot reading, is being able in the moment to understand how a card in its placement takes on a particular meaning, particularly in relation to the question. And this is something I can't totally teach you how to do. It requires in the moment thinking and knowledge of what the card means and an ability to apply flexibility to that meaning based on the particular position it's in and the particular question it's come up with. But what I can do is give you an idea of how I would do it in relation to the question that we have today. So let's go through each of these five cards and see what they might mean in this particular spread with this particular question. So the first position is the root. And when we think of the root of a plant, or a rose in this case, we know that the root is beneath the surface, but it's absolutely essential. The plant will die without the root. So what this can mean metaphorically is that this card is representing something that is hidden away or somehow, somehow out of conscious awareness, right? It's buried, yet it's important and it's feeding the situation in some way. And in this reading, the card that we have in the position of the root is the devil. And we'll remember that the devil usually represents someone being enchained, stuck, or trapped in some sort of pattern that isn't good for them, right? So there's some sort of pattern happening that they can't get out of, but they would be service to get out of because it's not really feeding their soul or moving them forward. So what this would say to me is that in this particular situation, there is some sort of hidden or subconscious stuckness, some sort of commitment to a particular way of being or a particular pattern of existing that the client is not really aware of. So what I would say to Emma is that something is holding you back, something's keeping you stuck that you might not even know about or that you're hiding or you're pushing down. And what this says to me is that you may want to do some work on this. So you may want to find ways to work with your subconscious, such as meditation or journaling, to figure out where that stuckness is and what you can do to move past it. The second card in this spread is the thorn. And when you think of a thorn, of course, it's the part of the rose that pricks you. It's the part that hurts or can be scary or painful. And in this particular spread, we have the Ace of Pentacles reversed. And as we know, when the aces are upright, we get this fresh dose of that energy. So in this case, a fresh dose of earth energy, which can be a job opportunity or money flowing and just having lots of fresh feeling around work and money and stability. But because this is the thorn position and, that it, and it's reversed, what it's saying is there's maybe some fear around a lack of opportunity or a lack of money. So perhaps the thing that's most scary or kind of painful about this situation that Emma is in is the potential for a lack of opportunity or a lack of money flow. 
and there's maybe some concerns around this that are making the situation a little prickly. So I would want to point that out to her and ask her if she had any responses, how she felt about that, did that seem right, and get some more information about how she, how she feels about it. And then I would want to move on to the next card, which is the stem. And the stem of a rose is the structure or the center. It's kind of what holds everything together. It's as essential as the root, but it's not hidden. It's in plain sight. And in this position, we have the Knight of Pentacles reversed. And we'll remember that the Knight of Pentacles upright is often a cautious and protective energy. Uh, someone who can kind of know when there's danger ahead and know when to turn back and how to avoid that danger. But when it's reversed, this gets a little bit corrupted into overly cautious and over, overly inhibited to the point where you're not moving at all. And so what I would say is that somehow in the structure of this whole situation, something central to it is an overly inhibited style of doing things. And perhaps because this is a court card, this is a personality of some kind. It could be the client herself, or it could be someone who's influencing her, or it could be a institution or a place she's associated with. But somehow there's an influence of a overly inhibited personality style that's kind of preventing taking more risks and trying new things. And when you have a reversed court card, you often want to think about, okay, well, this is the corrupted version of this personality, or the, the more lower version, and there are th traits of this personality that are good if used in a different style. So what I like to think about is, what would it take to upright the court card? What would it take to preserve those qualities, but execute them in a more positive way. So in this case, it would be how do you preserve that concern for safety and that ability to know danger without becoming overly inhibited and trying to find that balance in yourself or whoever you're dealing with who is influencing the situation with this particular personality style. And if I had the client with me, I would want to have a conversation about this and see if she could help me locate if it was her or if it was someone else or something else that had this influence on the situation and what she might be able to do to upright that reversal and express that influence and that personality style in a way that is more productive and less inhibitive. So the next card is the bud. And the bud of a rose is the potential, right? It's going to blossom, uh, but it's not there yet. And it needs nurturing and attention and time. But this is kind of where you want to put your energy in a forward motion sort of way. And what we drew for this position is the Eight of Pentacles, which is a very forward motion card, right? We see the figure on the card working hard, laboring at the pentacles, and it seems like they are perfectly content with what they're doing, they're in the flow, and they are being productive. 
And so what this says is we see sort of a doubling up of energies here, right? The, the bud is all about that potential, and the Eight of Pentacles is all about working hard. So this card seems to be calling the, the client to work, to put a lot of energy into something and a lot of labor, and to get into that workflow and focus. And this reminds me of the part of the client's question where she said, I don't want to hold myself back by failing to focus on one thing. I need to pick which one of these things to put my energy into. And the spread, I think, is confirming that. It's saying you need to put your attention into working hard at something, one particular thing, and that is where the potential lies. And then the final card is the Blossom. And this is the highest form of the situation. It's where you see the true beauty, right? A rose blossom is where it all pays off. And you have that most beautiful essence of the rose in its fullest expression. So you can kind of think of this as the goal and kind of a sacred goal in a way. And what we have here is the Nine of Pentacles. And again, we want to note that the bud is the Eight of Pentacles and the Blossom is the Nine of Pentacles, so we see a focus on that particular segment of the Pentacles narrative. And what that segment of the Pentacles narrative talks about is the idea that labor begets stability, right? In the Nine of Pentacles, we see this figure standing in a garden, wearing luxurious clothing, they look very comfortable, and it has a bit of a retirement energy to it. And so what this says to us is that we want to think about the idea that if you put a lot of hard work into something, it will bring about that stability. We are getting to that vision of long-term stability that the pentacle suit employs. And so what I would say is that the highest form of achievement, the goal in Emma's situation, is to achieve this stability, this true comfort and knowledge that she has everything she needs. And that the way she's going to do this is through hard work. Now, there is also a part of the Nine of Pentacles card that's a little bit of a shadow and that is the bird with the hood on it. And so people often wonder, well, how do I deal with negative things in a card that's supposed to be the outcome or the goal? How do I know how to talk about that? And what I would say is that you think of it as a little bit of a red flag. So an outcome card can be either a motivator or a warning. And in this situation, I think it's kind of both, because the situation of standing in a garden being very comfortable sounds great, right? But the captivity that is represented in the bird with the hood on it is not as desirable. So I think what this is trying to say to someone like Emma is that you should be working towards this comfort and this achievement and the stability that is represented in this card, but be cautious along the way of putting yourself in a position where you feel captive or isolated or somehow cut off 
from the things that are important to you and the freedom that a bird would represent. So anytime you see a more negative card in an outcome or goal position, you want to think about what kind of warning or what kind of suggestion that person is giving them. Sometimes you'll get a really negative card in the outcome or goal position, and that can be really hard to know what to do with. So for instance, say you get the tower, you know, which is most people's least favorite card. What I would think is if the goal is the tower, what this is saying is the goal is actually moving through the tower because the tower is the essential collapse. So no one likes a collapse, but sometimes you have to go through it. And what comes after the tower is the star card. So what the goal of the tower would be is to bring yourself to the point where you can allow the collapse to happen because it needs to. So that's what I would say about those more negative cards being in the outcome or goal-oriented positions. But in this case, that's not quite it. We, we have just a little bit of a warning within a more positive card. So at this point, we've gone through the pinch of the hourglass, right? That center, more narrow part. And we've looked at each card carefully. And we have analyzed each card in its position. So at this point, we're going to want to talk to our client a little more, see what sort of impressions they have, if anything jumped out at them if they want to talk more about any particular cards, and just include them in the conversation, because through this part, you've probably done a lot of the talking, and I've noticed that a lot of people will let you talk unless you ask them for their feedback. So then once you've had that conversation, you want to move into the takeaway, right? This is where the hourglass gets broader again, and you think of, well, what sort of message do I want to give this person to walk away from this tarot reading with? And so this is sort of where you synthesize everything that you've come up with throughout the first two steps of the tarot reading. So you combine the details that you found in the second part with the broader themes that you found in the first part. And so I don't have Emma here with me, and I'm not able to get her feedback, so it's a little bit different. I, of course, like a tarot reading to be more of a conversation, but say all of this made sense to her, what I would say in this more broader takeaway is that what this reading is saying is that the situation is more about long-term stability than about passion and about building a life for yourself where you get to have comfort and the particular kind of happiness that comes with not having to worry about that kind of stuff. There seems to be some sort of stuckness around taking a risk or breaking a pattern that, that you're in, and you're going to have to do some work to get past that. But because there's only two out of five of these cards reversed, the universe will support that. The energy is flowing around you. You just need to utilize it. And you're going to have to work hard and you should focus your energy on one thing. And this is the best way for you to achieve the stability that seems to be the true heart of your question. And if I were to venture to answer your question more specifically based on what I see in this reading, I would say that it's suggesting that you pursue the business of being a healer. 
because it's looking less like a passion reading. It's not so much encouraging you to follow your passion, which is what you feel about comedy, but more to follow your stability. And both those things are very valid. And another thing is that the suit of pentacles, which is very prominent in this reading, also rules the body. And if you're going to be a healer, you're going to be working with the body. And so, again, I see this message that's pointing you in that direction. And I also think it's important to note that there is a lot of happiness in the suit of pentacles. It's not quite the same burning desire that you have in something like the suit of wands, but it's this grounded happiness that is more stable. And that is what I'm seeing a lot of in this reading. But one thing I will say, going back to that bird with the hood on it, is that you shouldn't lose touch in this process of what the things that comedy brings you, which I think is probably a sense of freedom, of fun, of connectedness to other people. It's the thing that keeps you from feeling like you're in captivity. And so while you focus and pursue building your business, be careful to not become the hooded bird. Make sure that you stay involved in some way in the parts of the comedy world that keep you feeling that freedom. But because this reading is suggesting that what your main concern is is your ability to find stability, you really should put your focus into building that business because that's what's going to bring you that stability. So that's the broad overall conclusion that I get from this tarot reading. And again, you can see how we started out by looking with a wide-angled lens at all five cards, looking for themes, and looking particularly for over- or under-representation just based on statistics of particular types of cards. Then we went through and looked in detail at each card and tried to figure out how the meaning of that card intersected with the position that it's in in the spread. And then once we've done all that, we want to synthesize everything that we've said so far into a coherent message. And it's especially important in this stage, since it's the last impression and takeaway of this reading, that we do a couple of extra things. And one is that we take care to reconsider the client's question and make sure we aren't missing anything or giving them a message we don't feel right about. So with Emma, for instance, I wanted to make sure to encourage her not to give up comedy altogether because it seems important to her and indeed there's an element of the reading that seems to suggest what comedy can continue to offer her even if she steps away from it as a primary career goal. Also, at this time, I want to ask the client how the reading sits with them and encourage them to reach out and let me know if they have any lingering questions or thoughts as they process this reading. It can be an ongoing conversation, and I want to make myself available even after we're done with the official reading time to tie up any loose ends. So that said, Emma, please let me know what you think. It would be super interesting to know how all of this sits with you and to share your thoughts next time if you're comfortable with that. So you know how to reach me. 
My hope is that you found this enlightening and helpful and that it gives you an entry point into conducting your own tarot readings and having an idea of how to go through step by step and get from laying the cards on the table to having a clear message to give your client based on what you see in those cards. So I welcome any questions that you have. Uh, if there's anything lingering, any doubts, anything that I might have missed that you would like me to cover, and I'd be happy to address that in future episodes. And I also want to say thank you so much to Emma in Brooklyn. It was very helpful to have a question to work with in this episode, and I just appreciate your willingness for me to use you as an example, and I truly hope that the things that I've said in this podcast episode will help you to get some clarity in the question that you asked. And if you have a question that you would like to ask and perhaps have answered on the air on Rootlock Radio, please send it my way. You can leave a voicemail or text 646-535-8540 or email me at rootlocktarot at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I will talk to you guys soon. Rootlock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It's written and produced by me, Weston. Music for today's show was provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. You can find information about both of those artists in the show notes. Notes for today's episode, including a visual of the rose spread that I used as a demonstration, are on the Rootlock Tarot website at rootlocktarot.com podcast. If you have a question about reading tarot, or a question about your life that you're okay with me sharing on the podcast, call or text 646-535-8540, or email me at rootlocktarot at gmail.com. Those contacts are also in the show notes, and on the website at rootlocktarot.com podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio. Radio.